like to welcome you to Hopeful Conversations, hosted by Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. We are so excited you are joining our conversations. Our mission today is to encourage and challenge you as well as fill you with hope from God's Word. Just like the psalmist said in Psalms 103 verse 5, I wait for the Lord and my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. We thank you for joining us today on Hopeful Conversations and pray you will grow in the waiting and rely on hope from God's Word. I now give you Jody and Carolyn. Welcome back to Hopefield Conversations. I'm Jody, And I'm Carolyn. We're so excited to be back with you today because we are continuing in our second episode on Hebrews. And it's already been life-giving and just thriving in the conversations that we've been having. So we can't wait to share uh, with you guys. But Carolyn, there are a few things that you wanted to highlight, right? Yeah, so we're getting ready to enter into our Easter celebration season, Good Friday and going into Easter Sunday. And so we thought this section of Hebrews, y'all, we did not plan this. It just happened that this (laughs) section of Hebrews ended up um, right before Easter, Hebrews 2, um, all the way through chapter 3, verse 6. And we're going to just talk about salvation. And there's so much, as we said before, Hebrews is just rich in truth all throughout. So there's so much in Hebrews 2 and 3 that we're going to talk about today. But really, our theme is salvation. I love it. It's going to be fun to uh, discuss. So um, to kind of launch us off, I thought I'd read uh, just a a passage at a time as we go through here. So I'm going to just read for us from the New American Standard Version, um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It says, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we uh, escape it? If we neglect so great a salvation, after it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also bearing witness with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Yeah. So those first four verses really just kick off with, we have to pay close attention. Mm-hmm. And it's like a warning. Um that we have to pay close attention so we don't drift away from what we believe. And I thought that is so applicable because our world is so loud. There are people's opinions, there's the internet, there's TV, everything's trying to grab our attention. So we have to decipher what's true and then focus in on that. Yeah. And sometimes that looks like just taking practical steps to reduce that outside noise. Um, But it also takes the discipline of spending time in God's word and through prayer so that we know the truth and we can stand firm in it. Um, And so, you know, like I said before, it's a warning for us as believers that we have to cling to God's word so we don't drift away because drifting away is is easy (laughs) if we don't pay attention. It's very easy. So, um, you know, chapter one that we talked about before last week, it tells us that God speaks and he reveals himself to us. So, it would be so foolish for us not to listen and cling to those words and the way he reveals himself um, all throughout scripture. Absolutely. Now, that's good stuff. Um, I was thinking about that word drift. 
And mm-hmm. it is, it's a subtle, drifting is subtle. And I can't help but imagine um, being um, on a floating device out in the ocean. And, you know, you've got your umbrella and your, your towel and your chair set up on the beach. And then you're out there in the water and you're having a conversation. And over a period of 10, 15 minutes, uh, it is easy to look up and go, oh, my gosh, how did we get down from our, our uh, marker so far? Mm-hmm. It felt like so so quickly, but it's not. It was just this gradual thing, and that's the very thing. What happens, what you're talking about, Carolyn, is when we're, the, noise, the, the noise of the world and, and the culture and, and, and the more that people massage the truth into just enough of the truth, but yet it trickles over into a lie. So once that yeah. happens, it's just a lie. It's not a truth any longer. And we buy into that so easily as we, as we just drift in because we're like, oh, well, that makes sense. And we stop um, applying those um, the foundational truth underneath it and go with what, what makes logical sense sometimes instead of what the biblical uh, you know, truth is uh, in that. Yeah. In verses three and four, I thought it was so interesting how the author goes from that, from, mm-hmm. you know, pay close attention to what you believe to really demonstrating how reliable God's word is. Um, and, you know, it says in verse four that God testifies himself of the accuracy of the gospel. And so I love this quote. As I said before, I'm using the um, Christ-centered exposition commentary. I've been using that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just a really simple awesome tool. But um, this quote comes from that. It says, we don't believe myths or legends about Jesus. The message of the gospel has come down to us from credible eyewitness testimony of the apostles. And we did a lot of study in this, Jody, when we Mm -hmm. talked about um, how do we know the Bible's true in, in some of those episodes. But I think it's so important when we're talking about clinging to the truth, to have confidence in that truth, that it's the word of God. And it has been proven time and time again. It is from credible eyewitnesses and it's been preserved. So we can be confident in the truth that we believe. Absolutely. No, that's good. And and I was thinking about how this um, in the passage we just read, there's actually a question here. Um, uh, for if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape it uh, if... We neglect so great a salvation. And uh, I've got kind of like an answer also from my study notes I wanted to share. It read, if we disregard how the law brought certain punishment, then disregard for the gospel will bring even greater punishment. So it was a warning. And basically the gospel is greater than the law there. Mm, And I just mm -hmm. thought that was just really um, intriguing just to, to learn that or just to be reminded of that truth. Yeah. And that's one of the themes we see all throughout Hebrews is, you know, the gospel is greater. Jesus is greater. And so it's it's so neat to see how it ties all together all throughout the book of Hebrews. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you want to go ahead and let's read the next um, passage. Is that five through? What is that? Uh, Five through nine. Okay. All right. I can read that for us. Okay. For he did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking, but one has testified somewhere saying, what is man that thou rememberest him or the son of man that thou art concerned about him? Thou hast made him a little uh, while lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. 
and hast appointed him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Love that one. For Mm -hmm. in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subjected to him, but we do see him who has been made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with the glory and honor, that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) So those verses really start to highlight Mm -hmm. the amazing grace that we see in the gospel story and the story of redemption. And it starts out by, you know, explaining that Jesus was made a man. He was made even lower than the angels, which, you know, he was enthroned in heaven and he humbled himself and came down. Um, But it also compares now that he's the reigning king and everything's in subjection under his feet. I I especially love verse um, eight, that very end, it says, at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. Mm -hmm. And that just fills me with so much hope because um, through that verse, we can remind ourselves of two things, who God is, you know, that he is in, in control. He is all powerful. And number two, that we don't see everything in subjection to him yet, but one day we will. And that is, um, especially with chaos happening in the world today, that is such an, an exciting, hope-filled reminder that everything is in subjection under his feet. We just don't see it yet. But one day we're going to. Right. And there's so many things in here that we we just, we don't have necessarily uh, full full understanding, but uh, the word grace at the end of uh, verse nine just really hits home for me of just being reminded it's God's grace. I mean, it's uh, Jesus woven in all the way from Genesis to Revelations and and e- even here again in chapter two, as we mentioned in the last episode, the author is bringing in the Old Testament and he'll do that throughout and it's um, uh, worthy of it. It just really brings it to make sense. Yeah. Verse nine just gives that perfect summary of salvation, Mm -hmm. that Jesus became a man. He lived among us. He died in our place. And then my, my version says that he might taste death for everyone. Mm. I think that's such a beautiful phrase and a beautiful summary of salvation that he, he took that punishment for us in our place. Yeah. 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 So once you read the next passage for us, sure, I'm going to read verses 10 through 13. Okay. Um, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I, the children God has given me. Um, so that really summarizes again, salvation. Yeah. <laughs> it just reminds us that what God or what Jesus came to save us from sin and death, mm-hmm. um, and that that was his purpose, but it was also his purpose to adopt us as sons and daughters. And so it just really brings that focus to the, the familial personal relationship of the gospel. Um, if you think about it, God could have saved us from sin and death and then, left us on our own, but he calls us children. He calls us sons and daughters. Um, And that's just so unique and so beautiful. Um, But one thing that stood out to me as I was reading, and it might've to you too, um, it talks about 
Jesus being or being made perfect, salvation um, perfect through suffering. I wanted to say that that doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't perfect. <laughs> That's not what that verse mm-hmm. is saying. Um, and it just, it refers to, and I, I found this quote and I thought it just summarized it so well. It refers to Jesus's unflinching submission to the father in the face of escalating difficulties. So I think that could have sent off like alarm bells sometimes if we right. read that. It's not saying that Jesus isn't perfect. It's just saying that he, it just further highlights his perfection, that he um, persevered in the midst of this difficult situation. He kept following the Lord and was submissive to him. Well, I just love um, just uh, to wrap that part up is uh, for both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father. And this Mm. is perhaps one of my favorite parts, too, for which reason he is not he is not he is not ashamed to call Mm -hmm. them brethren. Mm-hmm. And which hope and encouragement of God's faithfulness and his grace and his mercy and his love mm-hmm. um, for what he's done for us. Yeah. So do you want me to read verses 14 through 18? All right. I'll start in verse 14. It says, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death, he might destroy the one who has power of death. That is the devil and deliver all who fear, who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it's not the angels he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he did, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for sins of the people. For, he, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And wow, uh, we we can do. Yeah, I know. I know. We're going to say that a thousand times while we're going through Hebrews on that. (laughs) But it's like, how do you how do you really kind of narrow that down a little bit? There's yeah, there's something I wanted to share. um, I found from Wearsby's notes there. It's talking about verses 14 through 16. He wrote death and the fear of death were the consequences of Adam's sin. The fear of death has been Satan's strongest weapon. Satan does not have the power of death, absolutely, since as we see in Job's case, Satan could do nothing without God's permission. And this is one thing I love that he points out here. The word for power in verse 14 means might rather than authority. Satan has might over sinners in darkness, but Christ has delivered saints from the power of darkness. And I thought mm-hmm. so well said right there. Yeah. The author focuses a lot on Jesus humbling himself. Yes. And I think that is so important to remember, especially as we enter into this Easter time, that Jesus humbled himself to rescue us. He experienced things like we do. He got hungry. He was tired. He was even tempted and never sinned. And so um, I just think that just further highlights the grace of the gospel that Jesus Mm -hmm. humbled himself and became like a man, but never sinned. And I think these verses also challenge us to think of our own mortality and how salvation relates to that. Um, I love this quote. This is from Albert Moeller and it just, it resonated with me and see if it does for y'all too. Um, We're constantly running around so tirelessly consumed with the day-to-day tasks that we seldom stop to meditate on some more sobering aspects of life like death. And I think that is so true that we can get so caught up in the busyness and the day-to-day tasks that we 
we forget, we neglect to think about things like death. And so I want to just pause and encourage you listeners, if you have not given your life to Jesus, or even stop to think about what would happen at the end of your time here on earth, that you um, would slow down and just consider Jesus, consider who we're talking about, the Lord. Um, I just think it's so important for us to recognize that we, we've gotten too busy and then to stop and slow down and really consider Jesus and consider salvation. So. Yeah, and in that consideration, um, uh, asking that question, is is uh, it all head knowledge? That would you say you do know of Jesus mm-hmm. and his salvation, but have you experienced it to the heart heart experience, the relationship aspect of it? Um, unfortunately, uh, not long ago, I was sharing the gospel with a couple and they um, very clearly understood what I was talking about and had um, uh, were willing to talk about, have a spiritual conversation with me. But at the end of the day, they did believe that there was a true heaven and a true hell, but they believed in that moment if they died that they would spend eternity in hell. But they were not willing to mm-hmm. accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior because um, one said that he was taking a break from church. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about a relationship. It's so key. People get religion and relationship so interwoven and mixed up together that um, that's um, that's not what the gospel is talking about. It's talking about a relationship right there. And then the other one uh, uh, that I was sharing with said, um, basically, well, I've got some things I really need to get together before I um, I pray and accept him uh you know, have, ask him to save my life. And, and we talked again, as, as, uh, uh, we all are to show up messed up actually yeah. as sinners before, yeah. before Christ. And he's yeah. the one that gets everything right for us. And, and time is a, of the essence and, and don't delay would be the charge. So I just had a, um, um, uh, piggyback on what you're talking about, just the passion right there that is, um, um, we love you enough to share that truth with you. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about verse 17 a little Mm -hmm. bit because there's a word in there that we don't use often. It's propitiation. Yeah. And I had to practice that so I wouldn't get all (laughs) tongue-tied. Propitiation. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about it because it just tells more of the beauty of the gospel. Um, The word propitiation really speaks of an act of appeasing or satisfying someone. And then in this case, it's the Lord. And so Um, In order to understand that, we have to remember that God is holy. He does not overlook sin Mm -hmm. and he demands a payment for sin because he is holy. Um, And the Christ-centered exposition said that the word propitiation answers how a holy God can forgive sins. So when Jesus was on the cross, God poured out all the wrath and the judgment that our sin deserves on Jesus. And because of this, God satisfied his payment the payment that he demands for sin. And so um, propitiation, this is another quote from our, from our uh, commentary, propitiation enables God to be both just and the justifier. Mm. And but it took me a minute to think about that, uh-huh. but God is holy. So he demands a payment for sin right. while at the same time he provided that payment for sin. And so that's, in order to fully grasp the amazing gift of salvation, we have to realize that our just God demands that payment for sin. And and when he forgives sin, he doesn't just overlook it and say, Oh, it's okay. Little girl, go about your day. It's okay. 
he, he doesn't overlook it. He paid for it. Right. He sent his one and only son to pay for it. So our salvation was costly. It, it wasn't God overlooking it and saying, go about your day. He paid for it with mm-hmm. his son, Jesus. And right. I think these verses, especially that word highlights that and helps us remember just the beauty of our salvation and the cost of our salvation. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's good stuff right there, Carolyn. Um, so what, what are the next passage we want yeah, to take? So we're going to move into chapter three mm-hmm. and we'll do verses one through six. You want me to read Jody or you want to? Um, I can do that. Okay. Uh, verse one, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in all his house for he has, uh, been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things, which were to be spoken later in verse six. Is that right? One more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, verse six, more. but Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's so important to remember that the book of Hebrews is kind of tied together. Um, You know, we often hear when scripture was written, it wasn't like split into chapter and verses. It helps us to read it better now. But um, so it's important to to recognize those words like therefore at the the beginning of chapter Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important for us to look back and remember what we were just talking about. We just finished reading that Jesus um, is the merciful high priest. So because Jesus is the merciful high priest who suffered and tasted death in our place, think of him, consider who he is and meditate on the truth of who he is. That's what the, the author is saying in this chapter, um, starting in verse one. And so those the, the verses that follow after help us to do that. Yeah, that's um, good. And as he he kind of compares and contrasts Jesus to Moses, yes. which is interesting. I, I again wondered why um, specifically. And then I had to remember the book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish people That's who right. held Moses in high esteem. He was a hero of, of the faith. He was a leader. And so the author wanted to show, yes, Moses was a faithful servant, but Jesus is the son of God and just showing that's better. <laughs> He's better, um, which is a theme all throughout Hebrews. Yeah, absolutely. And to uh, get back on what you were talking about, consider, I'd read something mm-hmm. talking about the word consider here is not the idea of considering basically what you're going to eat tonight. You know, <laughs> uh, it's uh, more of a major move across the country kind of consider. It's more in depth than in, intense. It's a mm-hmm. strong word in, indicating to fix one's eyes and mine upon, be attentive. So consider, like strongly right. consider um, uh, Jesus here. And but going back, I I, I want to just pull some highlights out of the um, comparison that you're you're talking about with Moses and Jesus, as the Hebrew author was doing here. Um, for one, Moses was called of God, while Christ was sent by God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Um, Christ is the high priest, and Moses was not. Aaron actually was a priest. Um, let's see. Moses was a servant while Christ is the son, which is you pointing out that key. And mm-hmm. Moses ministered using symbols while Christ is the fulfillment of these things. Yeah. 
And I wanted to point out in verse six too, at the very end, it says, if we hold fast in our confidence and our boasting and our hope, it almost can sound like we're supposed to do these things in order to have salvation. And that is not at all the case. You know, we know the Bible says that our works do nothing to save us or to keep us saved, that only Jesus can save us. Um, and we can hold on to this confidence and, and the boast and the gospel because of who, who we believe in. We, we hold on to that because of the Lord. And so um, he, he's our boast. He is our hope. I just wanted to highlight that because sometimes that can sound a little bit like, Oh, am I supposed to, if I'm not holding on to this hope, I'm going to lose my salvation. Right. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you um, brought that up. Um, No, that's good. Uh, I do have one more thing before we go into our four questions that we want to wrap up with is again from uh, Wiersbe's um, expository outlines here, just talking about while Israel, um, that the word house and household, uh, Mm -hmm. while Israel was God's earthly household and the church, his heavenly household, we need to keep in mind that God's household is always marked by faith. So people in the Old Testament times were saved by faith, just as the people are today. It is this continuity of faith that tied together the people of God under both covenants. This is why Galatians 3, 7 calls true believers children of Abraham, Abraham, for he is the father of the believing. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of uh, in depth right there. You have to just kind of pause and chew on that a little bit. But I'll let, I'll let you listeners do that on your own. <laughs> a lot to process and to think about. So I, th- I think we've given them a lot to, to consider today, Carolyn, because we came out of the gates just ready. I told you, we, it's just been life-giving. <laughs> diving into Hebrews and it's like, and we're trying to keep these episodes short and brief, but man, it's like, how fast can we talk? (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Let's do our four questions. Let's do our four questions. Do it. All right. What does this tell us about me? Um, So for me, as I'm being reminded of salvation and my role in salvation, Mm -hmm. that there is absolutely nothing I could do or earn to do to earn my salvation. There's nothing I can do. Jesus alone is the faithful high priest who can take that punishment that my sin deserves and allows me to live as a daughter of God. He didn't just free me from that. He, he adopted me as his daughter. Um, and I just think that those two things just stood out the most to me. There's nothing I can do to earn salvation, but because of Jesus being the faithful high priest, the one who tasted death for me, mm-hmm. I can live as a daughter of God, a child right. of God. Yeah. And yeah. it's a gift. It's not something earned. He freely, right. he freely gives when we acknowledge um, yeah. our separation from him. So what does it say about God? Yeah. To me, that God is just and mm-hmm. he takes sin seriously. That highlights, I mean, that's oh, yeah. out in chapter two. They highlighted that a lot. Um, and, you know, by sending Jesus to pay the price for our sins, he satisfied that payment that our sin demanded and gave us a new life in him. So he is just and the justifier, just as that quote says. Yeah, that's good. And I kind of uh, got a short note here. God is faithful to work out what he promised so long ago through his son, Jesus Christ. And we can look back again all the way through the Old Testament to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. truth can we take away to stand on today? I think, Ooh. yeah, just <laughs> Jesus is our salvation, one true mediator. He, he is it, the, the, the way. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then our application um, for me, there's just many times that I need to remind myself to slow down and to consider Jesus, consider the way mm-hmm. you said it, Jeffy, mm-hmm. to meditate on him, to meditate on who he is, to study his word, to fellowship with him through prayer. 
And if I'm too busy to do that, I need to adjust my schedule because there's something there that doesn't need to be there. I, I have to, he's our salvation. I have to spend that time with him. So I need to slow down. That's a good reminder for me. Yeah. And it really goes back to Hebrews two, verse one. It says, therefore we must pay close attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. Oh man, that's just, that's good stuff right there. And just talking about that, that word consider again, really, um, uh, an application is just it's deepening uh, the mat- your maturity uh, in your relationship with Christ and in the Word by moving from all that head knowledge, all those things that you are learning to heart no- knowledge, uh, or yeah. you know, and heart experience. And um, yeah, and that's that's something only that you you can do. Uh, nobody can do that for you. You can listen to a thousand sermons. You can listen to uh, our almost 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and while it might be uh, information, uh, don't allow it to stop there. Allow it to go deeper and meditate like we're talking about and consider and fix fix our yeah. heart and minds on there. So this has been good stuff. Um, so yeah, we're good. I can't, I'm already excited about um, our ne- next episode. So you'll have to yeah. make sure you're subscribed so you won't miss uh, the next ep- episode coming up. So Carolyn, why yeah. don't you close this out in yeah. prayer? All right. Lord, thank you so much that you are just and you are good, but you are, you're the justifier too. Thank you so much for providing a way for us to be rescued from sin and death. And not only that, but to be adopted as children, your children. Thank you so much. And Lord, I pray as we, as we meditate on your word and as we consider Jesus, that you will work in the lives of these listeners as you've been working in my life, as we studied, I just pray that you um, will meet them right where they are. And that if anyone does not know you, that you'll draw them to you, that you'll give them, um, that feeling, that prick in their heart that they need to do something. They need to accept that free gift of salvation that they can't earn, but that you provided because you love us. And I pray that as we enter into this Easter time, that we will just slow down and focus on who you are and, um, just rejoice in the fact that you have saved us and that we can trust you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. so much for joining us today. We know there are other podcasts to listen to, and we are humbled that you chose Hopefield Conversations. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe. If you found our conversations helpful, or if you would like to share comments with Jody or Carolyn, you may email them at hfc at englewoodbaptist.com. If you need to talk with a pastor at our church, please email next at englewoodbaptist.com. Once again, thank you for spending time with us today.